Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this Lucis Trust gathering for the full moon and meditation in Sagittarius. Um, for those of you who want this um, talk, will be translated into Spanish, and if you go to the interpretation um, tab on Zoom, you will see it. You can choose a Spanish translation. So during the five-day period of the full moon, energy is not usually or normally contacted, can be touched, grasped, and utilized by a group. Working together, the group can facilitate a closer rapport between humanity and the hierarchy of enlightened beings on the inner side of life. And so the meditating group that we're a part of this afternoon is much larger than the group of us who are on the Zoom call today. Individuals and groups from around the world participate in this work every month. And it's together as one group that we can radiate the spiritual inflow into the minds and hearts of all and so strengthen the link between the human kingdom and the kingdom of God. In the work we do, humanity is understood to be one functioning, evolving group in the life of planet Earth. It's a kingdom of nature that's on the verge of an initiatory transformation, becoming humanity a world disciple. And all of this is happening, of course, in our time. It's happening in us and through us, in our neighborhoods, our cities and nations. And this explains so much of what's occurring in the world. But at the local, national and international level, crises, conflicts and pests caused by incoming spiritual energies, are doing their work, purifying and clarifying thought, responsibilities, and our shared sense of relationship. And it's through this process that we're transitioning as a species from the materialistic separative mindset of the Piscean Age to what is increasingly becoming and will increasingly become a more universal and relationship-based mindset in the Aquarian Age. When we look at this collective transition through the lens of the Sagittarius keynote, there's much to consider. I see the goal, I reach that goal, and then I see another. In four days' time, on Thursday, the Climate Change Conference, COP28, begins in Dubai. And those who work with the Cycle of Conferences Visualization Initiative are already imaginatively planting seeds of living will energy into the thought form that's under construction at this conference. In the outer worlds of international politics, whatever happens or does not happen in Dubai will be significant. And in the world of relationships, the Climate Conference simply reminds us that Humanity is in process of reassessing its relations with the other kingdoms of nature. And an event like this, UN Climate Change Conference, can be seen as a space where a new sense of goal and purpose and vision of future possibilities for humankind is in process of being formed and is the subject of serious and creative thought from all different sides of the spiritual, religious, economic, and political spectrum. Millions of people are thinking about what the changing climate means for their own lives and for their communities and nations. 
and how it's affecting your sense of purpose. Yet there's a more personal and individual sense in which the energies of this full moon are impacting human beings. Astrologers speak of Sagittarius as one of the signs of the mutable cross. The four constellations that give a unique way of understanding the development and maturing of the human sense of individuality, the sense of self, of, of I. Orthodox astrologers speak of two planets, Jupiter and Mercury, as governing influences on all the signs of the cross. And they speak of the impact these planets are exerting on the vast masses of what we call ordinary so-called human beings. Alice Bailey writes that these two planets are fusing and blending into one cooperative whole all of the great dualities that are expressing themselves through the fourth kingdom of nature. When entering incarnation through the four arms of the mutable cross, the soul's personality is exposed to a conflict of competing dualities. This is the cross of the mutable, fluidic, restless mind, the mind we might certainly say of our time. Again and again, through incarnation after incarnation, life is crucified on this cross of the fluid mind. And yet what we need to remember that it's also on this cross that the mind nature is finally developed so that it can become the integrating force bringing the personality into right relations with the soul and moving from fluidity to a certain solidity and fixedness. Through lifetimes of experience on the forearms of the cross, personalities slowly learn how to use the mind to manage, purify and synthesize competing often polarized impulses desires and opinions, preparing for a time when the soul can make a direct approach to the personal self, and the personal self can, in its own terms, take that approach seriously and begin to experiment and explore ways of bridging into the soul. Esoteric astrology describes the planets Jupiter and Mercury as bringing strong flows of second-ray energies qualified by love and wisdom, and fourth-ray energies of harmony through conflict. And as these energies, these two energies work on and through us, they create the conditions whereby material desire can be transmuted into something reflecting divine love. And the conflict, which is such a distinguishing characteristic of the human family, can become instrumental in resolving dissonance into harmony. And all this, of course, has to take place and be burned out of the system on the mutable cross before the energies of the fixed cross can change the ambitious, selfish person into the selfless disciple. It's worth taking a moment to briefly review the unique pathways contained in each of the four mutable signs. Through Gemini, the sign of the twins, dualities stimulate constant change. And they set the scene for a time when the soul can say, 
I recognize my other self, and in the waning of that self, I grow and glow. And then under the influence of the feminine energies of Virgo, substance, matter, and personality forces begin to be experienced as places that nurture the deeper soul nature and actually protect the embryonic Christ life, rather than as enemies or distractions for the soul. And so in Virgo, the soul can state, I am the mother and the child. I, God, I matter am. And then in Pisces, the energetic appearance of the soul nature appears initially as something separate, apart from the personality. But over time, becomes a dynamic push for the soul to be fully expressed in form, encapsulated in the keynote, I leave the Father's house, and turning back, I save. So what of Sagittarius? As the personality passes through the final stages of the mutable cross, a new sense of quiet focus takes hold, as the seeker determines to direct his steps into another way of life, and without a firm to mount another cross. This isn't so much about the immature will of ambition, or the emotionally intense purpose that can guide the idealistic leader, for example. It's more about a quality of will that reflects poise, a stable, firm orientation of the whole life, as if the keynote, I see the goal, I reach that goal, and then I see another, reflects the energetic activity of the life force itself, unwavering, permanent, and in process of becoming fixed. And so it can be useful to focus our attention on the multitude of aspirants and disciples alive in the world today who are in the process of arriving at the final stages of the mutable cross and preparing to transit onto the fixed cross. We can think of them as one group in nature, one aspect of the human kingdom energies of wise, loving thought and the harmony that conflict can evoke are becoming energized and organized as the group develops its strong sense of purpose and direction. Consider, for example, the vast community of people who today are purposefully drawn to live a life of service, to live a life that's useful for their fellow human beings, useful to the earth, and for many also useful to evolution. Such people are to be found today amongst the deep thinkers of every nation, and they draw their inspiration from wells of spirituality, wisdom, and creative thought that comes from every faith tradition, and they're pioneering fresh creative thinking in every profession, every academic discipline, and all the arts. We can just imagine that the energetic activity of the life force itself is rippling and pulsing through this group as it prepares to transit onto a cross that is stable, fixed, and focused, and as it leads the world of the human 
into a new era. I see the goal. I reach that goal. And then I see another. The meditation that, there will, that we will shortly be using begins with a stage of refusal. And so perhaps now we can take a moment to align ourselves with this one fused meditating group. Those of us working together with this meditation all around the world, working with a full moon approach. Imagine that the mind of the group is held steady in the light of the overshadowing soul hierarchy. This group mind is so much more than the collective of collection of individual minds that are working in service during this full moon period. The group is a living entity. It's fused and whole, an identity in and of itself greater than the sum of its parts. It is the soul hierarchy, the ashram of Sanat Kamara, which holds this group mind steady in the light. And after we've given attention to this identification with the lighted group mind through a period of complete focused silence, we can then sound together the affirmation of the will, sounding as it as if it were a statement made by the group soul, the hierarchy, to the lighted, meditating mind of the group. So for now, let's pause just for a moment of complete, focused silence. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Nought shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. An astrologer who sets out to practice esoteric astrology must first develop a strong body of knowledge as they must in any profession or field of study, drawing on the extensive literature of serious astrologers down the ages. The astrologer then needs to ground this knowledge in practical experience, ideally through years of work on the horoscopes of individuals, groups, or nations, so that the knowledge that comes from academic intellectual studies and from reading can gradually be assimilated into a body of practical, wise understanding. 
hopefully with a healthy dose of common sense. That's what comes through experience. This field of wise, anchored understanding of the principles and core relationships of orthodox astrology can then become fertile ground where seeds of intuition can safely be planted. And overlaid on this, the esoteric astrologer uses the metaphysical teachings that come through sources in the ageist wisdom to develop insight about where their subject might stand in relation to the spiritual path and the basic direction being followed around the horoscope, the regular path or the reversed wheel of the discipleship path. Astrology, in all its branches, can then be seen to be a profession that's both scientific, requiring rigorous knowledge and deep understanding of mythology, as well as artistic perspective, drawing on creativity, wisdom and intuition. In the main passage on Sagittarius and Alice Bailey's book, Esoteric Astrology, there's a summary of the various different elements to be considered for an individual who's taken incarnation under the sun sign of Sagittarius. The Sagittarius sun, we're told, conditions circumstances, and it lays out an environment of relationships and life experiences that lead the subject, a person, a group, or a nation, to develop and refine purpose and goal. Then the astrologer needs to consider the rising sign, as well as the fact that the person will be conditioned in some way by the mutable cross. Depending on whether this is the early stages of the cross or the later stages, preceding transition onto the fixed cross. Orthodox astrologers assign the planets Mercury and Jupiter as significant influences for the cross and for Sagittarius. And esoteric astrology adds to this the esoteric rulers, which bring in renewed or increased planetary energy in a more dynamic manner, and are especially significant for those who are consciously treading a spiritual path. It's rather like transpersonal psychology, where an esoteric approach views not only the psychology of the personality, but it views this within the context of the psychological impulses of the soul and of the more universal, essential energies of the triad and ultimately the monad, in this way seeing a whole picture that includes spirit, soul and personality, all interposed on each other and all interacting. So from an esoteric perspective, Sagittarius energies include Venus with fifth-ray energies of concrete science that impacts the mind, the moon carrying fourth-ray energies of harmony through conflict, the earth with its third-ray influences of creative intelligence, and Pluto in its first-ray destructive aspect. And if that's not enough, over and above all these energetic influences pouring through the Sagittarius subject, sun sign, rising sign, mutable cross, orthodox planets, esoteric planets, esoteric astrology considers a hierarchical ruler. This is the planet that rules over a particular hierarchy. And in this case, Sagittarius, the hierarchical ruler is the sixth-ray planet Mars, which rules over the sixth creative hierarchy, the lunar lords. 
those elemental lives that form the substance of the threefold personality. This is all a whole lot of information, and for the purposes of our consideration of the energies pouring now during this full moon, the main point I think to emphasize is that the orthodox, esoteric, and hierarchical rulers all point the forces of conflict playing a powerful role in Sagittarius. And this becomes especially prevalent in the lives of disciples and of those on a discipleship path. The overshadowing influence of Mars, we're told, brings the entire human family, as well as the individual, under the law of strife, based this time on sixth-ray devotion, an ideal high or low. It's incredible to ponder what's happening in the world in the light of that statement. To summarize, those in humanity who are responsive and sensitive to the fact that consciousness is transiting into a new age that will be dominated by a sense of the wholeness and essential sacredness of life are refining their purpose in Sagittarius. And this is what we can have in the forefront of our minds. For those on the discipleship path, the goal which is sensed is becoming refined with new understandings of freedom, of responsibility, of love, and of what it means to serve the well-being of the whole. All of this is encapsulated in the keynote. I see the goal. I reach that goal. And then I see another. And one final thought. Sagittarius is referred to in the Bailey teachings as a sign when the well-honed and clear mind becomes sensitive to intuitive perception. In flashes of light, the disciple is given glimpses of the mountaintop of initiation lying ahead. And the goal which is seen is a future identification, a future sense of self that is both intently personal and at the same time universal and in relationship to others and to all of life. The keynote, I see the goal. I reach that goal and then I see another. Now invites us to ponder the mythical image of the archer who, with both feet on the ground, directs the eyes in a one-pointed gaze along the shaft of the arrow, following a clear trajectory of laser-like focused light towards the goal. This reminds us of the role that focused aspiration plays in the spiritual life, particularly an aspiration that is held over many years and that becomes the dominant orientation of a life. The teachings tell us that this arrow of aspiration, of goal, returns to the archer as the returning arrow of the intuition. 
Sagittarius, we're told, is one of the intuitive signs, for only the intuition will suffice to carry a person to the foot of the mountain of initiation in Capricorn. And so we'll work with the meditation of the sixfold progression of divine love. He who faces the light and stands within its radiance is blinded to the issues of the world of men. He passes on the lighted way to the great center of absorption. But he who feels the urge to pass that way, yet loves his brother on the darkened path, revolves upon the pedestal of light and turns the other way. He faces towards the dark. And then the seven streams of light within himself transmit the outward streaming light. And lo, the face of those upon the darkened way receives that light. For them, the way is not so dark. Behind the warriors, twixt the light and dark, blazes the light of hierarchy. We affirm the fact of group fusion with all who are working together with this letting in the light meditation. We say together, I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumaram, and on towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy.
and we extend the line of light toward Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. Higher interlude. We hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energy streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. And using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, humanity, gradually coming into alignment and interplay. We reflect on the seed thought for Sagittarius. I see the goal. I reach that goal and then I see another.
precipitation. Using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan is manifesting. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. See that flow from Shambhala through hierarchy, through the Christ, a new group of world servers, the multitude of men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, and the numerous physical centers of distribution. Interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram, and together sound the affirmation In the center of all love I stand. From that center I, the soul, will outward move. From that center I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shared abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher of the Christ.
contribution. As the great invocation has sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy to the five planetary inlets of London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the entire human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, friends. The full moon occurs um, tomorrow morning at 4.16 a.m., Monday morning here in Eastern Time in, in um, U.S. And meetings coming up from Lucis Trust. There's a webinar, welcome webinar, on Wednesday, November the 29th, this Wednesday at 12 noon. There's a Triangles webinar on the second Monday in December, December the 11th. The Sagittarius New Moon Meeting will take place on Tuesday, December the 12th. And the Capricorn Full Moon Meeting on Tuesday, December the 28th. 
Um, anyone happens to be in New York, they're very welcome to come into the Lucis Trust office in New York City opposite the United Nations um, for the New Moon meeting on December the 12th. Thank you, friends. Thank you, everyone, and have a good evening. Mm -hmm.